Well, this morning is a little bit different format. Um, we've reached an agreement, and many of you know that, with Compassion International for Foreign Missions. And so I'm going to introduce to you in just a second Mark Palingra, um, and, and, and we're going to talk about our partnership, which is a brand new partnership, of how we're, our influence is going to be greater in the world. Uh, we got some exciting stuff to, to share with you, some things that, that God did for uh, with us and through us and and to confirm some things in Lima, Peru. So, but let me introduce to you Mark Palingra. Mark, you come on up. This is Mark Palinger. Yeah, you guys work, welcome him. So this is Mark Palingra. He's the director of church relations with Compassion International. Uh, he was our, our tour guide. He took Pastor Steve and I uh, Lima, Peru. And so I, I still give him the hard time. That when we got there, the one thing I asked, I mean, he was an excellent tour guide and, and, and met all of, all of our needs and everything like that, kept us safe, all of that stuff. And, but I wanted to eat guinea pig. They eat guinea pig in, in Peru. And so I says, I want to try guinea pig. I, I just wanted to. And so uh, we didn't get to have it. And so I asked him, I said, so what does guinea pig taste like? And he, you know, and so you expect a chicken deal. It tastes like, you know, chicken. And he goes, you know what? It tastes like tough rattlesnake. So uh, whatever, whatever that's like. So anyway, this is Mark. Mark, why don't you have a seat? And then here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go through a process. This is like the third, t- third time we've done this. Uh, and God has just done some really remarkable things in our services and how the, the church has response, uh, responded. And so here's what I want to do. Uh, we reached an agreement with, with Compassion International. This is kind of a pilot program. But before we talk about C2C and all of that, Mark, why don't you help us understand who is Compassion, what is Compassion, what's their goal, and what is their m- mission so that we're all on the same page? Sure, sure. Well, good morning. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here with you this weekend. Especially on the, on the journey uh, to, be, to be with your leadership staff here along uh, the, to begin the journey in this new mission partnership um, in Peru. Um, I, I've just uh, been uh, really overwhelmed with, uh, with uh, just some great conversations, meeting a lot of great people here so far. Um, especially enjoy having the young people down here during worship. Uh, that, that, that was a real treat for me. Uh, because uh, children, um, I mean, there's a, there's a, I don't know who, who said it, but at one point somebody made the quote, uh, um, it's a terrible tragedy to see a child, uh, only a child. Uh, there's tremendous value there um, <clears throat> that um, we often think of, yeah, down the road, they're the church of tomorrow, but no, they're the church of today. Right. And uh, so uh, uh, anyways, uh, just, just wanted to uh, express uh, some appreciation uh, to be with you. Um, Compassion is uh, an organization that works with local churches in 26 different countries around the world to help release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Um, Compassion targets the poorest of the poor in these these countries where we work. Uh, We work through local churches. Uh, We have a, 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 basically, what we call the four C's. I'm going to give you three of them. Kind of identifies a little bit about the distinctives of Compassion. Number one is child-focused. Um, everything we do is targeted not on a project, not on building a project and hoping that that project is going to have some uh, effect on the community to impact the community, but we target development in, a, in the life of a child, a real, living, breathing person, in hopes that that child will be transformed and, in turn, transform their community. Um, the, next is it, uh, the next thing is church. Um, Compassion works through local churches. Um, the church is already there. They already know their community. They already speak the language. They know the people. They know the culture. 
no one has the passion of the church. No one has the calling of the church. Uh, no one has the capability of the church. Um, so the church is, is, uh, is it, we recognize that that is the, uh, the vehicle that Jesus has ordained to carry out his mission. And so uh, the, the most valuable part of compassion is the church. If there was no church, compassion would cease to exist. It's as simple as that. Um, and the third, uh, which probably should have been at the, at the top of the list, is Christ-centered. Um, uh, everything that we do in child development is focused around the center, uh, the, the person of Christ. Every child will have the chance to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, it is a powerful, powerful ministry that allows children. We've, we've seen hundreds of thousands of children come to Christ, come to faith in Christ through the ministry. But not only that, leading their families to Christ, leading their communities to Christ. Um, uh, I have one sponsored child in Tanzania um, in a small community, a small uh, uh, Maasai community, and uh, she at 11 years old uh, led that whole, is a small 10, 10 families, led that whole community to Christ. Um, uh, that's the power of uh, a young person. Uh, they, they are the church of today, uh, and they are worth investing in. So um, that's a little bit about compassion um, in, in child development. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Mark's going to try to help us understand uh, this new relationship. It's, it's, it's only been, uh, it, you know, two or three years. Uh, it's been a pilot program, church to church, C to C, is to where they partner a, a church in a high-resourced area of the world, usually uh, western United States, and then, um, and then partner them with a church in an under-resourced area of the world and take the churches and partner them together. But, Mark, help us understand, how did C2C come, to, come about? Why is it so important to compassion? And what are the goals of C2C in this journey of, of compassion? Sure. Uh, the, the partnership began, actually, as a part, uh, between a partnership between Willow Creek Association and Compassion. Um, and and the, the idea was, what if we partnered churches with um, here, with churches overseas? What would that look like? Would that create exponential impact? Could we reach in and, and impact more families and communities uh, across the globe? Um, how many more children uh, w- could we add to this program? And so uh, it, it basically started there uh, two, two and a half years ago, almost three years ago. Uh, the first year we, we, we began with 35 churches in the United States um, that we identified and brought into the program and uh, partnered them with a church overseas in four different countries. Uh, the second year, we, we expanded that to an additional 35 uh, churches and an additional four countries. Um, you could say this is kind of cutting edge for Compassion. It's, we've never done this before, uh, but, but we, 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 with, a, with a strong belief in the church, we really wanted to see uh, what would happen when these partnerships came together. Could there be transformational effects uh, on both sides? Um, so what that really means was, what, what it kind of, what, when we talked about what, what will this look like, um, basically we said, okay, well, we partnered a church. We have them get to know, well, first of all, we train these churches uh, in the context of building relationship first. Uh, this is not about funding. This is not about projects. Uh, um, that stuff will come, but it's about building relationship first. And so, um, so that's the first thing we wanted to get to know each other, get to know the, the communities back and forth. Uh, get to know the scopes of, of the ministry that is happening both ways. How can we share ministry together? How can we share life together? Um, in addition to that, um, we thought, okay, how do we get congregations involved in this? So child sponsorship, um, or child development, it, it happens through one-to-one uh, sponsorship where a person here can sponsor a child overseas. 
So we thought, what if we took children from this particular project and, and set them aside for the church here, who is the partner church, so that families could have a, a tangible uh, you know, a, a tangible part or a, a participation in, in this project. So now there's a face to, to, uh, to, to kind of connect with, with this mission overseas. Uh, in addition, what about short-term mission trips? How can we get groups participating back and forth um, so, that, so that people uh, from here can learn about cultures there so we can expand our worldview and kind of get out of this uh, mindset um, of, of uh, you know, our own little world. Uh, there's a, it's a big world out there. So all of those things were kind of incorporated. Um, the, the, the partnership story is, is kind of unique in the sense that, um, uh, keep in mind, this, is, this, is a, this was a pilot. Um, we're, we're just coming out of the pilot stage here. But uh, the first couple of years, we had to figure out, how do we partner a church here with a, part, a church over there? Um, how do we make these connections? And so... Um, uh, what we, we came up with is our own little e-harmony type process, and um, and uh, that's really what we called it. Um, and so we would take profile information. I I would learn on this side about churches here uh, just from a profile they'd given, uh, kind of get a sense of of the DNA and the and the life of the church and uh, where they're located, um, and just learn about their mission's heart um, and their passion, where their passion lies. And we did the same thing overseas uh, so, so that we have country, Compassion Country staff on the, other, on the other side that are connected with the church partnerships there. And, and they did the exact same thing. Um, then we came together and we shared, we shared the information about these local churches. We prayed together. Uh, we prayed over this process. And uh, we said, okay, let's, let's see what we think here. So I'd start sharing information uh, on our side. And then country staff would say, wow, they sound like a good fit for this church. Um, so we went through this process, uh, and as we were doing this for uh, Fellowship of the Rockies, we were actually uh, focused in Bolivia. And um, when, we, when I shared the information, they shared the information, um, it was kind of one of the, I, I don't know how to describe it, but we weren't really settled in, in the partnership. We, we partnered these two churches together, but we, we just didn't, I don't know, it was just this kind of unsettled feeling. We walked away and thought, well... Let's, uh, let's take this information back to both pastors and see what they think. Um, at that point, uh, I had a conversation with Pastor Steve Allen and uh, showed him the profile. And before I even put it in his hands, he said, you know, Mark, I have to tell you something. Um, I'm really, we're really feeling like we want to go to Peru, not Bolivia. And, uh, and when he said that, um, what he didn't know, the other side of the story, was there was this church that I'd heard so much about in Peru, and we didn't have the right partner for them. And as soon as he said that, I immediately turned around, grabbed that profile, and said, do I have the right church for you? Um, and he said, and I gave it to him. I, I was excited. I was telling him all about this church, and, uh, and I said, gosh, you know what? There, I can see the connections here. And I got all excited, and, and uh, Steve kind of gave me that look and, and said, uh, okay, well, I'll get back to you. Um, and I wanted to say, no, no, you've got to take this church. Um, but um, he came back shortly thereafter and said, uh, yeah, this is, this, this, uh, I read it over, and it, it looks right for us. So that's kind of where, where and, and, and as, uh, as we'll, we'll you'll continue to hear, there were some just extremely confirming things and affirming things that happened uh, during the course of the visit uh, that, that we'll share with you. 
So uh, p- part of this, and the reason that, that we were so, I was so excited, we started this relationship when, when our staff was at a, a Willow Creek Leadership Summit, a conference in, in Colorado Springs, and they presented C2C. And they said, if you're interested in that, then text us and just let us know. And so, so out of a text message to, to Mark saying, hey, we're in, we would like to be in, because you know what the Bible teaches us about, about uh, missions is this, it teaches us that you just don't pay and pray and, and really have no say and not really involved. fact is, when you look at the book of Acts, you find that missions was, was a, part of, a part of not only people giving of their resources, but it was, it was a relationship that was built. It was a relationship that was, uh, that was developed. There were some, some commonalities. There was some DNA. And so this church in, in Lima, Peru, it's outside of Lima, Peru. Uh, it's in between two uh, municipalities. They have no running water. Uh, the pastor there left the business world, and you're going to start seeing some parallels, my life and his life, which is just so strange. Uh, and uh, he left an, an area, his business, and we'll talk about that. And he went to Lima, Peru, and he plants this church, a great man of faith. And so uh, Pastor Steve and I, along with Mark, we traveled to the church. And so we're still in the, the dating process. Mark explained this is eHarmony for churches. And so, so you know, you know, like you, you guys have now agreed to date. And so day one, you're just going to get to know each other. You're just going to have a meal together. You're going to hang out. You'll take a tour of the church. You'll learn about the pastor, his family. But listen, he, and he's reminded us, he says, and, and he says, you know, these guys, they're really skeptical of Western Christianity. They're really skeptical of people coming from the West to do ministry and because they've gotten their view of what Christianity looks like in America through the media. They, they see Madonna and they see some rock stars singing and they've got these big crosses hanging around their neck and they're thinking, so that's Christianity in America? They hear news reports about churches and some things. They view, they view us as being very materialistic and, and not really wanting to share our resources or anything like that. They also view us, and they've had some bad experiences where some churches have come uh, from America over there, and they believe that they, they know exactly how church should be done all over the world. And so they take them, and, and they want them to dress like, like Americans and act like Americans and worship like Americans, and, and they lose all control. And here's the huge thing about this. Here we're offering in this relationship to build a relationship with them, to partner them, to help resource them. And they would say no to everything we have to offer if that relationship wasn't there and they believed God was in it, even though they were in desperate need. So we went day one. Uh, we met Pastor Esteban, and, and, uh, and we met his family, and, and Mark started learning some things. So Mark talked to us about day one and, and how that relationship, our, our bus ride out there, and some things we learned. And, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, on the way out, um, I was riding with uh, Pastor Charlie, Pastor Steve, and um, we got to know each other a little bit better. And, uh, and I asked Pastor Charlie, uh, you know, so how, tell me a little bit about your journey um, into the ministry, uh, world of ministry here. And he began to share uh, his story. And um, I already knew the story, some stories from this church. And as he began to share, uh, I, I couldn't help but smile. Uh, because, you know, there are those times, those significant times, when you can see God connecting the dots. And you can see just interventions happening supernaturally. And, uh, and that was one of those times. And I thought, wow. Um, 
you're going to be in for a surprise because I think you're going to resonate with, with what you're going to hear from this pastor. Um, so uh, uh, to me, it looked like, yeah, okay, Lord, I think, I think you know what you're doing here. Uh, and, uh, and I'm glad you know what you're doing. So um, <clears throat> uh, at any rate, uh, we get to the church, and, uh, and we had a tour uh, around the area. Um, as as uh, Pastor Charlie says, um, there are thousands of people living in this area which is located between these two municipalities. There's no running water, no sewer. They're just shanties, shanties and shanties and shanties. And most of these people are refugees that fled a persecution years ago and landed here. And uh, neither municipality wants to lay claim to these people. I mean, they're like a people that, that, that I mean, aren't, aren't wanted. It's just uh, the, And this is the place that this pastor chose to come uh, and felt led by God to come and minister to. How do you do that? Um, I mean, in, in my mind, I've seen a lot. I travel a lot with compassion. I do a lot of these trips, but uh, I never cease to be amazed by uh, some of the, the incredible uh, feats here that you know couldn't have happened without, without the Holy Spirit intervening here. Um, so here we are. We're going through the project. We're going through this church. And we heard the story about the church. Um, um, I mean, when they came, there was nothing there. And, uh, and he, he pretty much had the development program up and running, buildings uh, there in place to take the first 150 kids from this area. Within a few months, um, even the compassion staff, they, they, they just couldn't believe the incredible speed of this and, and passion of this guy uh, and his family and the workers there. Um, not only that, I mean, we're in the Christmas season, so you'll kind of resonate with, with this story um, he said the reason it, that I wanted to do this so quick was because I wanted those children to be registered um, in time before Christmas so that because he knew that Compassion had a Christmas gift program. And he said, these kids have never, ever received a Christmas gift. Do you, can you imagine uh, being newly registered in here and them getting the first gift they've ever gotten for Christmas and what, that, you know, what, kind, what kind of impact that would have in this community? And so, um, unfortunately, the, the, the staff at the time, our Compassion staff, said, you know, um, about the Christmas gift program, we begin that in October, uh, and we distribute gifts in November, and you've still got to register kids, so it's not going to happen. And he never flinched. He said, oh, it's going to happen. I've got a vision of it right here. And, uh, and it really kind of stunned the staff, our, our staff. Um, they thought, oh, my goodness, uh, how, how are we going to tell him this? Bottom line is, um, it was the first time in Compassion history that there was a delay, a glitch, in, in the Compassion Christmas giving program. So uh, what ended up happening was every kid that got uh, registered in his program to begin with received their first Christmas gift ever. And thousands of people showed up just to watch it. Um, uh, and so that's the way it started. He's just got an incredible heart. While we were there... Um, uh, we were upstairs in the in the room, getting getting to know, having this conversation, all sitting at this little kids' table and little kids' chairs. Uh, uh, I was standing, but it was kind of comical to watch these guys sitting there. Um, uh, but they were having a conversation, getting to know you, and uh, getting to know each other. And and uh, and during that conversation, I, I'm going to let Pastor Charlie kind of tell this this story because I watched it, um, and I've never seen anything happen like this before. But uh, but uh, I, I want you to hear from from your own pastor. So we're going through the, the eHarmony deal, and we're still getting to know each other. And, uh, you know, we're learning about Pastor Esteban and his story and, 
and leaving the business world, going to a place of, of refugees and planting a church and all the, I mean, just a great man of faith. They, they developed um, in this church, they have a water system and a water tank on the, on the, on the, the roof of the, of the church. And to, they, they do have running water within it. It's, it's the only place in their area that has running water. When they installed the system for the first time, it's kind of funny. They, they ran out of, they should have had enough water for like a month, and they ran out of water in a day because the kids have never seen anything like that, so they couldn't get them out of the bathrooms. They're, they're turning on water. They're flushing commodes. They're doing the whole thing because, because they'd never seen anything like that. The news service shows up, and, you know, people, politicians are showing up, and, and, and so he's just a great man of, of faith. And so we're hearing about it. We're introducing, uh, meeting his family and hearing about his story, and so... You guys that have been with us a long time, you know the promise that called me and my family from Houston, Texas to here came out of Isaiah 43, 18 through 21, um, and, and that's a promise that, that God gave me in 1994. And so we're going through this, this deal, and we're going through the question and answer period, and then, then I ask a question, Pastor Esteban, I said, Pastor Esteban, and through an interpreter, which made it awkward, because when you get excited, you can only go, the, the conversation can only go so fast. Uh, because you're going through an interpreter and things are being said twice. And so I asked, I said, where did the name of the church come from? I mean, it's the church of, of the living water. There is no running water here. This is a desert. Why in the world would you call this the church of the living water? And he goes, well, he says, one morning in my prayer time, I was praying and reading scripture and I came to this passage that said, I will give water in the desert. I'll give streams of living water in the desert to my chosen people so that they will worship me. And I'm like, I, 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 got, I got so excited and, and focused and and I was leaning, I was, in, uh, I, was, I was too close to his personal space for their culture and, and because I was just so excited. But I was leaning across the table and, I was, and you're not supposed to point over there either. And I'm pointing and I'm saying, Pastor Esteban, I know where that is. That came out of Isaiah chapter 43, 18 through 21. And he goes, exactly. I said, Pastor Esteban, that is the promise God gave me in 1994 to plant Fellowship of the Rockies. I have staked my life on that promise and on that call. I said, God has brought me to Peru to renew that call in my life, and I realized that that promise and that call was, was for life. I realized that promise and that call was not only for Pueblo, Colorado, but it's, it's for the world. And we, we've organized and led a church and developed a church based upon that passage and that, and that scripture. And so I'm just, I mean, I am talking so fast. And all of a sudden, the, the earth starts to shake, literally. The, the ground is shaking. The building is shaking. And so, and, and I'm just, I'm still going. And I don't care. And so someone, and I don't remember who it was, but someone said, Pastor, I think we're having an earthquake. I'm like, I don't care. We're, we're doing the deal now. And, and so go ahead, tell them what you did. It was it was a it was just one of those surreal holy moments. Uh, you know, uh, here we are. Um, the connection just was made, and then this earthquake happens. Um, 
and I'm watching, uh, you know, this this whole thing, and I see tears well up in in Pastor Charlie's eyes and Pastor Steve's eyes, and all of the staff there, and um, uh, you know, just my personality, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to uh, I had to break the the awkwardness at, at one point, and I just jumped up and said, "Okay." I now pronounce you church and church. <laughs> yeah, married. We were married. Yep. So, deal's done. So. Yeah, Pastor Esteban looked, and, and I mean, he was almost speechless. And, and you know, you're going you're gonna to have to sort that out for yourself. I, I'm not going to tell you how. To, I, it took me months to process through that with my theology. Now, listen, I've seen God do dramatic things in missions to confirm things that we may never see here or have never seen here. But I'm telling you that that the, the bus ride back to the hotel was about an hour and there weren't many words shared at all. And uh, got back to the hotel and, and before we went to dinner, uh, Mark looked at me and says, I'm not even prepared to talk about this. This is me neither. And uh, we had dinner and then we met again like 10 o'clock and Mark's like you know what I, I, I called one of my compassion guys that does this and all I could get out was God did something today that I don't know it was just unique and it was just special and and I mean I've, I've got plenty of pages of just journal notes and and so you're going to have to sort out for yourself what you think about that and what you believe about that but God showed up in a very dramatic way to where we weren't scheduled to get married until the next day. <laughs> and we were married. Uh, we made a commitment to each other. Um, we, we, we went to lunch. And we're, we're sitting there eating and we get to know Pastor Esteban's family a little bit more. And... Uh, um, his his wife asked me probably the most convicting questions, and she she looked over at me and she says, "Well, well do you have as much faith as my husband? Because if you don't, we're not going to partner with you." I mean, she wasn't convinced. She wasn't married yet, uh, right? I mean, she wasn't. She she had seen what her husband had done and the faith that he had, and we could tell we could tell faith faith stories after faith stories, and so. Tell us about Pastor Esteban's life, his testimony, uh, and, and everything. Well, uh, earlier I talked about uh, just the value in, uh, in young people. Um, and uh, just so that you know the story here, um, uh, that church is the result of a 14-year-old, um, the influence of a 14-year-old. Uh, we learned during the visit that uh, Pastor Esteban was a, a very abusive man, a very abusive alcoholic uh, and that he used to beat um, his kids, especially his daughter, um, uh, his oldest daughter. Uh, matter of fact, they used to keep a, a packed bag under under the bed, her and her mom. So if if he came home and there was any hint that um, you know he he was in one of those moods, they could just take quickly take that bag and run to a shelter, um, run someplace and stay, uh, just to be safe. Uh, so over over lunch. Um, you know, we we, were, we we didn't we didn't get the uh, the meal that you were looking for, but we had beef heart and some other specialties, and, um, and we we learned from the daughter um, from his daughter as she was telling us the stories of, of this abuse, 
And, um, and then all of a sudden it became evident she was talking about her father. Um, and uh, we heard the rest of the story that um, it was that girl when she was 14. She's now 21 years, almost 22 years old. Uh, she was, when she was 14 years old, she was the person who brought her father, led her father to faith in, in Christ. Um, even in the face of all of the adversity that that man represented uh, and the scars that he left behind. Um, so um, here they are, and she went over, and uh, uh, the pastor began uh, finishing the story, talking about how, uh, you know, uh, on the couch one day, he, he pursued uh, her forgiveness for seven long years to try and gain her trust. And um, finally, at, at one point, she came over on the couch and put her head on his shoulder, and, uh, and, and there was this reconciliation. And now she serves, uh, the whole family serves with him in ministry. Matter of fact, the son, his son has already uh, taken on a, a pastorate for the, a church plant that they've done in, a, in the neighboring part of this area. Um, but it's all because of this 14-year-old girl. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's the just a uh, just a huge spoke huge spoke volumes to both of us i think yeah i think the testimony here's their picture and so everybody over there's just short and so we just kind of we just kind of stuck out wherever we went and so that's pastor pastor esteban is all the way over on the right in the the white shirt his wife is all all the way over on the left in the white blouse the 21 year old daughter that led him to the lord is is next to his wife uh next to steve allen and, and she works alongside of him in the ministry. But when she shared that story, and, and, and uh, you know, we didn't initially know that she was talking about her dad. And then when she says, that's, my dad was the alcoholic, my dad was the one that, that beat me. And what happened was, is they decided the only hope they had was to find a church. And so they found a church, and they met Christ. And then she's the one that forgave and led her dad to the Lord. And her dad was so committed and understood forgiveness and reconciliation that he says, you know what, doesn't matter how long it would take, I was going to win her heart. In seven years, seven years of, of him speaking to her and not, her, uh, not speaking to him, when he had come into the room, she'd leave. And it was, it was what God did in their family. Their church is geared to people that are far away from God. Uh, they have a lot of baptisms. They, they have a lot of people coming to Christ. And so it's an amazing story and an amazing journey in a family and in a church. And so, you know, what, what we're asking and what we're really talking about here this morning, and Mark can speak to that, is what we're talking about is us developing a relationship it, that, is, that, is, that is truly, truly a relationship. Karen and I have sponsored children through Compassion since, uh, um, well, 20-something years. Uh, Nellie. Uh, one of our daughters uh, just graduated. She's from Bolivia. Uh, she just graduated uh, from high school. And so there's, she's, there's a leadership development program, and, and a lot of these kids go on. But I will never forget, because the relationship is so important, that I, even, though I was a, even though I had sponsored children through Compassion, I really didn't know the power in the relationship. And so while we were there, uh, Mark took us to a little a house. It was a shack. I mean, it's a one-room shack and the bedroom and you know the whole family sleeps in one bed and the kitchen's there and and here's the interesting thing about them they give sacrificially see in the west you got to convince people uh why they should give not there life is not about them and they just they give not out of an abundance not out of some stuff that they'll never miss 
they truly give sacrificially and they understand what Scripture teaches at a different level than what we teach and what we understand. And so we're in this shack, and I'm sitting on the couch, and some are on the bed. There's, it's just crowded, interpreters, and I asked the little girl, I says, well, tell me about your, your sponsor parents. And I mean, that little girl, her eyes got big. She got a smile on her face. She ran to her mom and asked her mom, said, uh, can I have the key? And there was only one drawer in the house. They couldn't even lock the front door, but they had this old computer cabinet with uh, a drawer that was lockable. And so she got the key that was hidden in a coffee can and uh, opened it up. And there were only two things in that drawer. Uh, they, uh, uh, they're valuables. One was, uh, was, a, was a really old camera. And, uh, and the second thing is she pulled out this envelope. And, I mean, it was a stack like that of letters and pictures from the couple that had sponsored her out of California. And she sat beside us, and she started going through the pictures. She'd name all the kids, told us what they do for a living, who they are. She started reading letters that they had talked to her. There have been kids that have met Christ through letters. They, they honestly, they need that relationship. And so this is really about a relationship. Mark can talk a little bit deeper about that relationship. Sure. Um, as, as, uh, as I talked about this more. Uh, earlier um sponsorship is a is one-to-one it's uh, it's one individual or individuals here a family here with one child uh, overseas um you partner with that child uh, uh basically um through letter writing through praying for that child um and you're going to find that probably um I, i'll tell you in my experience um i've found that i've been blessed beyond um way beyond uh, what, what we've been doing and the effort that I've put into this. Um, just to share a personal story, there, there is a, a value that is transmitted not just one way, but it comes both ways. Um, and it's transformational. Uh, I, I can share story after story after story, but I'm just going to tell you one. Um, my daughter became a sponsor at 13 years old. Um, she used to come with me to at different events when uh, when I was speaking at different events or doing uh, mission events, and um, she'd help me at the table and, and so on and so forth. And one day she picked up this this child packet and she said uh, she kept eyeballing it and uh, she said, "Dad, I th- I think I want to do this. I think I want to sponsor." And I said, "Honey, you know uh, we'll talk about it later." And on the way home, she brought it up and uh, and I said, "Honey, um, you know you don't have a job." Um, uh, you, you know, this is a long-term commitment, and uh, I, I don't know if you're ready for this. And the look that came over her face, uh, I'll never forget. Um, and she said, didn't you tell those people today um, that uh, God, if you, that you didn't have to ask God? What, what do you think God would say? <laughs> um, she said, why is it I have to make a case with you? And I, and I, I went, wow. Um, uh, and she was really upset. So I, we talked about it when we got home, and she said, I said, how are you going to do this? Because your mother and I aren't going to do this for you. Um, you know, we have our own. She said, I'll get a job. Uh, she said, I, I'm already babysitting. At the time, I was a business owner. She said, you pay people to clean your offices. I can clean your offices. Uh, and I said, okay. So she did. Um, and she never she never missed a letter. She never missed a, a, a payment. To this day, she still sponsors those same kids. Um, we, we entered those, that area of uh, 16, 17, those terrible years where we had some challenges uh, with our daughter. 
And uh, we prayed more in that time than ever before in our lives, my wife and I. Um, fortunately, you know, she, she, she did. Uh, she did well. She did. And she ended up uh, going to Bible college, and uh, she, now she's a Spanish teacher. She does mission work. She's a worship leader at her church. Um, but I didn't know until after uh, she graduated college, um, uh, she came and she said, I want to show you something. She gave me the letters from Anna, her sponsored child. And, uh, and she said, I want you to read this. It was that child who was encouraging her during that time, speaking into her life. And we didn't, we didn't even know that. Um, these kids pray for you all the time, so on and so forth. Uh, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, when those letters arrive, every time we get the mail, um, if we see that compassion uh, sponsor letter, that's usually the first thing we open, first thing we, we, uh, we you know, because it, it just means so much. Um, anyways, there, there is this value. And, uh, and so today you have uh, an opportunity here um, with your church to sponsor children uh, at the church partner and also, this partnership, um, there are only so many children at the partner. But because of this partnership, there are other churches in, in the neighboring communities that were set aside um, so that you could partner with those, those children as well. So that what's happening between the relationship here between uh, your church and, and uh, Fountain of Living Waters um, is going to also have a, a, an exponential uh, impact on this whole community and, and surrounding areas. So there's these, ch- these child packets that we call them with pictures. And you see, this is a mission with a real face. Uh, it, it, it has a face. It's a real person. Uh, and only you will be the sponsor for this person. So for $38 a month uh, is what it costs. And these children receive uh, education. They receive um, uh, uh, physical uh, opportunities, uh, social opportunities, uh, and it's actually discipleship uh, from the church. Um, uh, things, opportunities, uh, and I just want to say it this way, compassion, again, tar- uh, targets the poorest of the poor. So these are kids who don't have access to education. They don't have access to, to uh, um, any medical issues or medical screenings or, or any of that type of thing. Uh, they don't have access to nutrition. Um, and you know, in this case, uh, water and sanitation are a huge issue. So those are the kinds of things that uh, your sponsorship pays for as well as discipling these children long-term through that church uh, and the leaders there. Uh, so the tables are out, out here, and we're out there. We're, we'll be out there, my, myself and another colleague, to answer any questions you have. It takes about two minutes to fill out this form, and, uh, and you're all set. But, uh, but that, is, that is the first step in this partnership. And uh, eventually, uh, I'm looking forward to those trips and, and uh, just these two churches meshing together in, in just some, uh, some incredible ways. Who knows what God's going to do in the future? Yeah, so this is starting a relationship with them uh, between our church and their church. Uh, when, you, when you sponsor a child, we're going to do mission trips and we're going to be at that church. Do you realize you would have an opportunity to go meet your sponsored child, uh, the one that you have sponsored uh, you can have a relationship with them. Uh, you can get to know them. Uh, when we were on our trip, there were a, a couple that had sponsored a child out of Peru. They got to meet their child, and I mean, just an onlooker looking in, it was it was pretty emotional as they brought gifts to their sponsored child, and they, they got to meet her for the very first time after years of, of exchanging letters and, and everything else. And so here's what what we're inviting you to do without any without any guilt or anything like that that's one of the reasons i respect compassion international so much they're not going to show you pictures of bloated kids and flies all over them and and try to use guilt and and all of that other stuff Uh, they truly trust trust god they truly trust the local church 
And so what we're inviting you to do is, if you feel led and you would like to partner with us in Compassion and be a part of this whole church to church, then over in the underground as you walk out to the right, there's a Compassion table. Uh, they'll guide you. They have a picture. They have a bio. Uh, you know what? Uh, you, you, can, you, can, you can work, work with them through the process of, of selecting uh, a child if that's what you choose. And so this starts... Uh, a, great, a greater influence of Fellowship the Rockies in Peru. There's not another Christian organization that, that even cares about this area. I mean, we have the opportunity to affect a region. So that's just, that's our ask. Um, that's what we're, we're asking you to do. God's done some great things in the other services. And so uh, why don't you just stand with me and we'll just, we'll just close in prayer and then, uh, then you guys can, can be uh, dismissed. And, uh, well, let me pray. Father, we thank you for today. And, Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. And, Father, we thank you for the influence and the opportunities we have at Fellowship the Rockies. And so, Father, we pray for Pastor Esteban and his family. We pray for the Church of Living Water. Father, we pray for those those students that are um, just need a sponsor. And so, Father, our, our dependence is on you and you alone. And so, Father, we just look forward to see what you're going to do in not only that church, but, Father, what you're going to do in our church and what you're going to do in our lives because when we understand the power of just giving and the, those that care about the poor and those that care about the less fortunate and those that care about those around them, your Scripture teaches us they're are blessed. And so, Father, we look forward to this relationship and we thank you for this opportunity. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.